This is the Life at Work Conference podcast, an initiative of City Bible Forum. Hi, I'm Andrew Laird and welcome to the podcast where we meet real workers wrestling with real workplace issues. Today, you can't do that. We speak to two Christian women who work in industries that some Christians might raise eyebrows at as we consider the perennial issue of when our ethics clash with those of our employer. He's given us dominion under his sovereign rule uh, to create and to use uh, the resources and the creation that he's given us. It's good and right and necessary to have Christians in the military. We need people who understand the brokenness of the world and the love and wisdom of God to be involved in decisions about the ethical framework for judicial use of lethal force. My guests today are Kath, who works in mining in regional New South Wales, and Lieutenant Colonel Carney Elias, who is in the Australian Defence Force. I'm Andrew Laird, and this is the Life at Work Conference podcast. Welcome to the final episode of Season 2 of the podcast, and we've saved one of the most curly but common workplace issues Christians wrestle with till last. That is ethics. How do we reconcile some of the practices and operations of our industry that might at times be at odds with our faith? And are there some industries that as Christians we might simply say, look, you can't do that? Today we're meeting two women who work in industries where people have said just that to me over the years. How could a Christian work there? Mining and the military, the two industries we're considering. And look, my first guest is a geologist who works for an exploration and mining company in New South Wales. So welcome, Kath. Hello. Wonderful to have you with us, Kath. Let's just start with a, a typical day on the job. What, is, what does a geologist do in, a, in an ordinary day on site? Is it all just handling rocks? Yep, pretty much. Um, <laughs> I'll tell you what a geologist normally does, and then I'll tell you what I do. Um, so, yeah, the sort of geology that I do is in exploration, and we're using information and data uh, like, like magnetic surveys, satellite imagery, mapping, and drill core data. Um, and we use our geological knowledge to put together, I guess, a, an idea of what's going on under the ground and is it a resource that we can uh, economically extract uh, and, we, yeah, we're on about producing products that are useful for our society today, things like our cars and our mobile phones and our solar panels and all of that. For me personally, I uh, spend a lot of time in a big shed uh, just looking at drill core. So I'm fairly low down the bottom of the chain of geologists at the moment. So, I yeah, I'm just logging drill core. But actually, it's exciting. Even though I do the same thing each day, I'm looking at these rocks and I'm putting together, it's a bit like being a detective. You put together clues um, and you try to work out like what's there and how did it get there. And It sounds great. It's almost like uh, taking an x-ray, if you like, is it, of, uh, of the land and trying to figure out what's, what's beneath the surface and whether it's worth yeah, getting you, down there. When you do imaging, yeah, it's satellite imagery and ma- magnetics and those sort of measurements, yeah. So, yeah, it is. It's just gathering information and putting it together. And when you say drill core for the uninitiated, myself included, <laughs> what, what sort of information is that? <laughs> yeah, it's a stick of rock, basically. <laughs> uh, so, so we might drill holes that could be 500 or 1,000 metres or 1,500 metres, um, and we extract a 6-centimetre diameter stick of core, drill core. So 
I, yeah, spend my day, I have a bench that has about 80 metres of core on it and I work along that bench looking at the fractures and the minerals and the rock types and what's going on and, yeah. Wow. That's, uh, that's, that's amazing and I like that. I'll use that. Next time I need a fancy word for rock, I'll use that instead. Um, Kath, <laughs> listen, tell me, you're a Christian person. How did God lead you into this line of work? You know, were there passions that you particularly had as a child perhaps that, that found their expression in this work? Yeah, um, I've always been interested in earth science and at school, um, particularly physical geography. And I studied geology actually as a subject at school. So um, that was sort of my background and my leaning. And I also um, I wanted a job that would take me outdoors and out of the city. So um, that was part of my thinking behind it. Um, but, I, yeah, I just I've always had an interest in rocks, I think, like most kids. You come home from holidays with a bag full of rocks and shells and things like that, and um, and I just yeah I just think there's a there's a lot of beauty actually in rocks, um, it, whether it be the formation or you know when you see rocks that are all folded like when you're driving along the highway and you see the road cutting and you just see how you know sometimes the rocks are folded and fractured and and the minerals like there are just some really beautiful minerals and. I, I'm looking at gold and copper, that's my field, and there are some beautiful copper minerals that are just like this really iridescent purple, blue, and gold coloured, and I also do sometimes see gold, so that's always very exciting. Don't get um, to take any of it home though, I presume? N- no, no, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> but, you know, I could spend hours looking through my hand lens at a, a vein of quartz and calcite and chakaparite and bornite and just looking at you know how the minerals and the crystals interact and what's happened there and so yeah i do find it a little bit exciting i don't think i'm <laughs> I, I don't think i'm ever going to look at rocks the same way again and I'll, and I'll i'll i maybe won't be as quick to force my kids to throw out the rock collections that they they bring yeah no home. no let them let them collect and get them a hand lens because once you look through a hand lens it's amazing yeah all right i know what i'm doing yeah. tonight <laughs> Digging out all those rocks. <laughs> now, Kat, yeah. let's uh, let's come to this uh, issue that we're really wrestling with in this episode. You can't do that. So, um, about more than a decade ago, I think it was, I wrote a piece which referred to mining, um, only to have a Christian person respond very strongly that there is absolutely no place for Christians in an industry like this. And look, I appreciated their point. Mining is sometimes seen as being environmentally destructive. Uh, local communities. Uh, perhaps exploited. So how do you reconcile the potential harm that uh, that could be done by the industry that you work in with your Christian faith? Yeah, it's certainly um, a valid point. And I think when you talk about the mining industry worldwide, uh, there's a lot of variation in that. And there's a lot of yeah, stuff that happens in countries where regulations aren't as strict as they are in Australia, where safety isn't as strict, uh, environmental protection isn't as strict as it is here. And so I think we need to be careful about uh, talking just whole as a whole because, yeah, I work in Australia and I work for companies that I am quite happy to work for. Mm. But in general, I think, you know, God, God has created the earth and he's He's made an amazing creation and he's given us dominion under his sovereign rule 
uh, to create and to use uh, the resources and the creation that he's given us. So Adam and Eve were given the garden to work and to mm. cultivate and to fill the earth and subdue it. And, and I think um, we've been given an amazing gift in God's creation. And, and we do. We, we extract minerals and we use them for everyday items. Um, and I, biblically, like I thought, oh, where does the Bible talk about mining? And one passage in particular was interesting in Deuteronomy 8 verse 9, and it's God talking about the land or Moses telling them about the land that God's bringing them to, the promised land, and it's described with abundance and blessing. And it says where the rocks are iron and you can dig copper out of the hills. So even in the promised land there's this, um, you know, a, a glimpse of the fact that you'll be able to dig copper out of the hills. Um, but I think one of the issues is our sinful nature. So since the fall, I guess that's marred everything we do, every endeavour. And there is a tension, I think, between using and stewarding the good gifts that God has given us in creation and, on the other hand, um, our sinful nature and greed and abuse coming in, and so abusing that good gift that God's given us. And I think, um, I think that's the tension with any human endeavor, isn't it? Or mm. any business that's out to make a profit. Um, greed is always there. Exploitation, abuse, um, and so I think we do. Um, we can often be skewed towards that exploitation. And yeah, mining does impact the physical landscape. Um, Quite often a hill becomes a hole mm. uh, and there can be negative impacts and particularly when accidents happen and they do. But then I, you could say the same for, you know, my hometown that's been developed over the last 10 or 15 years and it's, you know, covered with houses and concrete and shopping centres and parking lots which all have a massive impact on the environment and the physical beauty of, you know, the hills and the paddocks that I used to look at it now are... Um, houses and and colour bond fences. So we do, I mean, anything we do to creation will have an impact. Um, mm. But it's managing that and I think it's being responsible and I think we live in a country that I'm so thankful for a government that mostly, I can give an example of where I'm disappointed with a government, but, but mostly puts in quite stringent environmental protections um, and safety concerns so that Companies just can't get away with blatant greed. Well, Kath, one final question for you, and that is, what advice would you give to a Christian who might be in a position where they often feel like, you know, my faith is such a, so at odds with uh, the ethics of, of my workplace? Any wisdom for how they should seek to navigate that? Yeah, I think any sensible person is going to, I mean, you just need to, think through, well, what, what is the product that I'm producing that I would be working to produce? And there might be some products that I would be hesitant to unless I'm convinced that it's really going to benefit society. Mm. Um, how is it extracted? Like how are we going about getting that out of the ground and, and what would be the, the principles of the company um, that I would work for? Are they cutting corners? Are they... Uh, unscrupulous or are they seeking to um, do good to the the people that they impact and that that can be the farmers you know and land nearby it can be the town it can be its workers 
what are the business principles and yeah and, and what sort of social responsibility are they doing and so i guess it's really up to the conscience of the person mm. um but to be thoughtful about it because i think it is a varied industry you can just label it mining industry and it but it, there is a lot of variation within that mm. and for me as a christian um so I've been out of industry for 18 years, so I've only just gone back in in the last few years. Hard to believe I finished university at five, but uh, <laughs> uh, not quite. But, you know, I'm, uh, I feel happy with the company that I'm working for. And, you know, as a Christian, God has given me so many opportunities over the years and particularly where I am right now to be, be encouraging people there. Like mm. I've... First two days at work, I had gospel conversations with those I work with, and started reading the Bible with a friend and and encouraging her. And um, it's God has placed me in this spot, um, and I pray every day that I will work hard and that I'll work in a way that honors God, and that I'll be a blessing to the people that I work with, and just praying that God might use me in that place, um, that people might see a glimpse of Jesus um, and I might have opportunity to, to speak of him. So I think every workplace needs Christians and um, I think mining industry doesn't have a lot of Christians in it. Um, again, you've got to work towards your conscience. But for me, I've, you know, over the years, I've shared the gospel with all sorts of people, with drillers and field assistants and bosses and truck drivers and all sorts of people that may never really encounter Christians mm. um, in their day-to-day -day lives. And so um, I'm, yeah, really thankful to God for the job I have and the people that I work with and um, the opportunities he's given me um, to speak for him and to live for him in that place. So, mm. Mm. Look, that's a wonderful note to finish on there, Kath, and a, a great encouragement for us all that, as you say, it is God who places us in these various spheres of work and seeking mm. to be salt and light and his ambassador in that place and uh, make a difference for good. So, Kath, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and your experience on this, on this really tricky but very important topic. Well, thank you so much for having me and uh, giving me the opportunity to, to share. Well, thank you, Kath. Look, when we come back, we're going to continue exploring this issue with a woman in a different field, this time the military. We'll be back with that after this. Loving this podcast? Then don't miss the next Life at Work conference, Saturday, February 18th, 2023. Wherever you are around Australia or the world, join us as we consider the future of work, how to love your colleagues and share Jesus in an ever-changing landscape. You can watch alone, host a watch party, or join others at a local hub. Tickets are on sale now at citybibleforum.org slash lifeatworkconference. Welcome back. My next guest works in another field that sometimes raises eyebrows for Christians, and that is the military. When part of the job includes killing people, how can such work be reconciled with the Christian faith? To discuss that and more, I'm joined by Lieutenant Colonel Carney Elias, who's currently based in Townsville in far north Queensland. Welcome, Carney. Thanks, Andrew. Now, it's wonderful to have you, Carney. Look, we'll come to the ethical questions surrounding your work in just a moment. But first, tell us a little bit about a typical day for you. Is it all running around through the bush, doing training exercises, 
uh, firing weapons, travelling around the world to war zones. What's it like? <laughs> no, no, for better or worse, I'm not out running around the bush all day these days. Um, at the moment, I work in a large logistics depot. We've got a couple of maintenance workshops, some warehouses, lots of large equipment storage areas. Um, and, my, and in that area, my main role is management. And I spend most of my days in meetings in front of my computer in my office or you know, occasionally in, in one of the workshops or the warehouses, making sure we're providing the right logistics support to the units in our area. So not much time running through the bush. Um, although having said that, not long ago, I was working in Kuwait uh, in the ongoing campaign against Islamic State terrorists in Iraq and Syria. So my role does change pretty regularly and it can beca become quite intense quite quickly. Mm. I'm glad you told that uh, Kuwait story there at the end, because I think otherwise you would have ruined the uh, perception that, that many of us have <laughs> of uh, what it's like to work in the ADF. I mean, uh, meetings and management sounds uh, like a pretty typical sort of job for a lot of people. <laughs> yes. but, but look, Carney, as I asked uh, Kath earlier in the episode, how did God lead you into this line of work? Were there particular passions that you might have had from a, from a young age that found their expression in this type of work? No, no, not really uh, childhood passions. Um, I actually always thought I'd be a teacher. Um, I think I have to give some credit to my dad as I remember him steering us towards the defence recruitment stands if we were ever at the show or places like that. Uh, but it was a fairly gradual decision process. So I found out that defence offered scholarships to the Defence Force Academy. Some of your listeners may have heard of ADFA in Canberra. Uh, and I ended up applying for an army scholarship because someone told me they were the easiest ones to get. Uh, but, uh, but the application process was a bit full on and I'd pretty much decided not to join by the time I was awarded the scholarship at the start of year 12. So I, instead I enrolled to study PE teaching. Um, but then almost at the last moment I decided to give ADFA a go. I vainly thought that maybe it would be good to be a Christian at ADFA to witness to the non-Christians there. But mm. yeah, little did I know there was a strong group of Christians there that would actually lead me into a much stronger faith rather than the other way around. Mm. Um, and, and interestingly, you know, when I was reflecting, uh, you know, it, it, was a, it was only after I'd made that decision and was getting ready to head off to ADFA that I remembered what my name means. And no doubt your listeners will have noticed that Carney's, you know, not a very common name and there's a whole other story about how I ended up with it. But if you manage to find it in a name book, you'll probably find that it means brave soldier. Uh, and mm. it wasn't that I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's funny. It wasn't that I didn't know that earlier in my life. It was just that I hadn't thought about it for a long time. So it was, in some ways, it was a funny little confirmation of the decision I'd made to join the army. Mm. So I guess be careful what you name your children. Know the, na <laughs> know the meaning of the name before you do. Yeah. Or, or, or maybe not. Maybe uh, that's uh, that's a way of uh, subconsciously directing their their future career paths. <laughs> yes, maybe. <laughs> Look, Carney, let's come to the issue that we're considering in this episode, that is ethics and the place of Christians in some fields of work. And, of course, there's a long history in Christianity of pacifism, nonviolence. We follow a saviour who taught us not to murder, to love our enemies, to turn the other cheek, which he obviously modelled for us in his death on the cross. So how can a Christian possibly be in the ADF, uh, go to war, uh, we're likely to kill people. How, how do you reconcile that with your Christian faith? Yeah, it's, a, it's really not an easy question at all, but, um, but thankfully it is one that many um, far smarter and more theologically trained people than I am have wrestled with. So there's lots of good stuff written about it. Um, but I guess before I get into some of that, it's important um, 
to, to say that I totally understand how people can come to a pacifist or how Christians in particular can come to a pacifist viewpoint. And I, I'm not arguing against it, but it's just not where mm. I've landed. Um, and, and I actually have to admit that the ethics of the military isn't a question that I gave any thought to before joining the military. A bit of a theme here about, you know, not making very well-considered career choices. <laughs> um, however, it, you know, it is something that I'm grateful I've been pushed to think about by others throughout my career. And, and really what it comes down to for me is that if you look at the Bible as a whole, rather than, you know, just the Mosaic law, particularly the direction mm. in the Ten Commandments not to murder, you know, it's, it, it's just not that black and white. And I think that the Mosaic law, you know, is particularly about extrajudicial killing, you know, taking the law into my own hands. But mm. in theory, militaries like the ADF are tools of the government for the purpose of enforcing and upholding law and justice you know, in a, in a similar manner to police forces, for example. Yeah, mm, and, mm. And, and we know that, you know, we know that God cares about order in the world and justice. And in Romans 13, you know, he provides authority to human institutions to maintain this order. And this could include the use of lethal force. You know, furthermore, we see a, a, there's a framework for the taking of life in the implementing of justice in the Old Testament. And, you know, it continues mm. into areas of the New Testament. And I think this framework for the use of lethal force in the pursuit of justice, you know, we've seen it, you know, it's been applied, you know, albeit not always successfully or ethically, but it's been applied across the world and, and throughout history. Um, and, you know, you can work through this reasoning and come to a grudging acceptance that it's okay for Christians to be in the military. But mm. actually what I want to say is that it, it's good and right and necessary to have Christians in the military we need people who understand the brokenness of the world you know, and the love and wisdom of God to be involved in decisions about the ethical framework for judicial use of lethal force. Mm, you know, it's actually, mm. you know, it's good for Christians to speak into and pray about strong ethical guidelines that promote restriction of force, you know, clear rules of engagement, proportional response and, and those sorts mm. of considerations. And I think that that's how I think about my service. How am I bringing God's love and wisdom into the situations that the army and, and the ADF find itself in, and you know, particularly in decisions I'm called on to make and the application of leadership. Mm. But the the other side of the theory is the sadness and you know and the reality of the ethical vacuum that we actually you know witness in situations that we you know we, we come into in our roles in the military. Um, I mentioned earlier that, you know, recently I was working in Kuwait with the Global Coalition fighting ISIS in Iraq and Syria. And mm. the sadness and depravity and just seeming hopelessness of that situation and that, you know, was being faced by so many in Iraq and Syria really upset me. You know, I spent a lot of time on the verge of despair, really, wrestling with the magnitude mm. of the situation and while um, the ultimate hope of the people in Iraq and Syria is in Jesus Christ alone, I know mm. that in the brokenness of the world, the resources and power of the US-led coalition in which the ADF plays a part is also a very real source of hope and justice for mm. those people. You know, and sadly, in many situations, our job reminds us that sometimes there's no other way to prosecute justice. Mm. And, you know, while even as Christians we don't always get it right, I, I do think that the more Christians that we have dealing with these kinds of situations, the more chance there is that the ADF will be an ethical force that helps to bring justice to our broken world. Mm. Mm. 
Look, there's a there's a number of things I'd like to just unpack there a little bit more with you, Carney. But it's interesting uh, something that you mentioned that that Kath also commented on that that so often our jobs are not black and white. Um, mm-hmm. That 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 great wisdom is often needed to try and navigate the ethical complexities and perhaps in professions like mining or in yours in your case it's a little bit more obvious um of how things could go awry ethically Mm. but um but it's no different in many ways to every industry really where there's there's sinful people uh there's there's opportunity to do good and to and to do harm and you mentioned a number of examples there of the of the doing of good in particular justice and uh and and order can you maybe unpack that a little bit more for us, just giving us some examples of uh, those parts of the job that you love where you feel you can particularly express those or other Christian values? Yeah, I think, um, it, yeah, it's hard because, it, it, yeah, the military is a large organisation and, and so we do, you know, when we, when we are used by the government, you know, it's about those things. But but in my day-to-day role, you know, I'm just a, a very small piece of the puzzle. So I think, you know, some of the aspects that, that I, like the, the reality for me in thinking about those things is, is almost on, a, I guess, a smaller level. And, and so, mm. you know, for me, I, in terms of trying to express my Christian values day-to-day, you know, it's, it's largely about my role as a leader, you know, and genuinely mm. trying to care for others, looking for opportunities to serve, modelling humility, but, you know, in that I also often get the opportunity to talk about my approach to leadership, which gives me a platform to talk a bit about my faith. Um, so, again, that, you know, that's a much sort of smaller level than the kind of, you know, big ethical decisions that are that we sort of, that are being made by the organisation as a whole. Mm, mm. Carney, you mentioned earlier the, the importance of Christians being in roles like yours in the ADF um, to potentially... Uh, limit some of the harm that might be done to have those those uh, ethical rules of engagement and other examples that you gave. Uh, you are in leadership uh, in the ADF. Have there been opportunities where you have perhaps been able to do that in in some small or even larger ways? That is, challenge uh, some of the ethics at times where you felt that was necessary and, and seek to limit the harm that uh, that might be done. Oh, look, it's a it's a difficult question. I'd love to be able to say I've had significant impact and been hugely influential. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's not really the reality. But you know, in large part, that's due to the nature of the roles that I've held, or you know, perhaps haven't held. But it's certainly something I've tried to bring. You know, and often we have opportunities on training courses or planning activities that I participate in. Um, you know, and, and although I, you know, I don't think I've shifted the thinking of the organisation, I'm, I'm confident that God, you know, uses me and has used me in many little ways throughout my career to challenge mm. people's thinking and to model aspects of his character to those around me. Um, so I think my ability to influence to date has been more through opportunities to mentor and develop those who've worked for me, um, you know, modelling that humility, grace and self-sacrifice. Um, mm. And I, you know, I also know that I've spoken out in a number of different circumstances about the impact my faith has had on my career to people across a wide range of ranks and parts of the organisation. And you know, I trust that's also part of God's role for me in the organisation and part of the way in which He's using Christians like me to shape and, and influence the ADF. Mm, mm. I think that's important for us to recognise that so often it is actually the small day-to-day interactions mm. where we are able to have a 
positive um, influence uh, where our Christian faith and ethics is able to to shape things rather than you know the the big mm. massive uh, decisions it's that it's that daily faithfulness where mm. the opportunities so often come um Carney final question uh, I'd love to ask you also what the uh, question I asked Kath and that is um, what advice would you give to Christians who might find their faith at odds with the ethics of, of their workplace Um any wisdom that you can uh, impart or how they might handle that when that inevitably arises, as it does for us all? I think Christians have a really important role to play, even just, you know, as, you, as we've already touched on, just by being present, you know, gently modelling a different view. And I think any organisation or industry that's devoid of Christians is a serious concern. Now, mm. that's not, not to say that there aren't some jobs and organisations that I don't think Christians should be involved in, you know, mm. the sex mm. or gambling industries, just, to, you know, for some examples. But with the exception of those types of organisations, I, like, I genuinely think we shouldn't be too quick to dismiss the need for Christian engagement in most areas of our society. Mm. You know, God calls us to be in the world but not of it so that, you know, we can be salt and light. And I think... You know, we do that by modelling his love and grace and taking the gospel to all people and, and we have to be in all places to be able to do that. And so I think, you know, my message really is, you know, think carefully, seek wise counsel, pray mm. hard, but be willing to work for God in whatever job he leads you into and, you know, hold out hope to those you work with and think about how you can gently, winsomely, but firmly advocate for ethical and moral decision-making, you know, in whatever workplace you find yourself in. Yeah, wow, that's a wonderful summary that you provide just there of, of how to approach what really is oftentimes a very complex, uh, tricky issue. And as you say, uh, the importance of prayer and, and Christian community and the recognition that we need Christians in all spheres of life and God may well have placed you in uh, what is a, a challenging work environment in order to be a Christian presence there uh, for good? Mm -hmm. And so that's a wonderful encouragement, I think, uh, Carney, particularly for those when it might be uh, feeling a sense of this uh, This is a hard place to be. So, Carney, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast and sharing your experience with us. Thanks for having me, Andrew. It's been, uh, it's been really interesting. I've really enjoyed it. Wonderful. Thank you. Look, that brings us to the end of both this episode and this season. Thank you so much again for joining us. What's next? Well, you don't have to wait too long because the annual Life at Work conference is only days away, Saturday, February 18. And look, it's not too late to register. Join hundreds of workers from around Australia and be encouraged in your life and witness in the workplace. We have an incredible day lined up. So jump online. Grab your tickets today. citybibleforum.org slash lifeatworkconference is where you need to go. That's citybibleforum.org slash lifeatworkconference, all one word. And yes, we do plan to be back for season three. So if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe so you know as soon as the next season drops. But until then, I'm Andrew Laird and you've been listening to the Life at Work Conference podcast. The Life at Work Conference podcast is produced by City Bible Forum. To find out more and register for the conference, go to citybibleforum.org slash lifeatworkconference. Enjoyed this podcast? Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing and leaving a rating so others can find us too. Join us next time on the Life at Work Conference podcast with Andrew Laird.